Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, give me a little bit of your time. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others and help it to grow, I'm incredibly grateful for that as well. Thank y'all so much. Hopefully, as always, it helps y'all. I know it helps me a little bit. And, uh, Helps our country a little bit. I'm going to go for one of our walks. Just had some fire engines go by. It's still hot and dry. It has kept our firefighters, God bless them, extremely busy. We do have some clouds that look hopeful, but this part of the country being what she is, Often those clouds are deceptive. The gangs, thankfully, are on the other side of the house. They have been exceptionally present, i.e. annoying today. But uh, very grateful to have them because they chase away snakes. So not too much else. We're going to go for one of our little walks. We're going to finish up our series today on the speech in the children's book by Reverend Fonts. For most of us, a lot of us, we have school rolling back around soon, and we're going to continue to go back to education. We do in this podcast throughout the year anyway, but we certainly will probably have a couple more coming up soon, and I guess you could say this podcast each day is a little bit educational, at least just for me. But I think it's important to note as we wrap this series up that this, this speech was written down in a children's book. Uh, and when you listen to it, it it kind of is, well, it's, it's sad that we don't have this kind of message along with the vocabulary and the history that go with it often today. I read an article recently, uh, just a little bit, a little snippet of it, actually, a couple paragraphs about a father who was suing a private school that he had sent his daughter to because the school had pulled out all of the traditional American literature that was actually really high quality and started to put in some very low quality material, but but it, uh, it was approved by the leftist woke agenda you know and so often today we've seen that you you hear that growing up you know they don't make them like they used to talking about movies or people or books or whatever and as far as culture and entertainment today folks the vast majority that's that's so so true we we don't make quality entertainment today like we used to hardly at all there's some exceptions but there's not a whole lot especially for our kids so we'll go ahead and jump up this last part, and we'll finish up this little section of Fonce's speech on patriotism. Another thing for which our country stands is religion. It is true there is no mention of God in the Constitution, and I rejoice that there is not, for I want no religion forced upon anybody. But there is no page of our history that you can possibly read without the mention of God. I would note that in our Constitution, it talks about the Christian Sabbath in particular. So 
In the cabin of the Mayflower, the pilgrims began their solemn league and covenant, quote, in the name of God, amen, end quote. In the Emancipation Proclamation, Lincoln said, upon this act I invoked Invoke the considerate judgment of mankind and the gracious favor of Almighty God. Take out the fear of God from the Declaration of Independence, and you have taken out its backbone. In every Thanksgiving proclamation by which the President recognizes the bounty of God during the previous year, in the appointment of every Army and Navy chaplain and every chaplain for Congress and for our state legislatures, we recognize the fact that Though we force religion upon nobody, this is a fundamentally religious people. Worship God as you choose, but see that you worship him. Go to church when and where you please, but see that you go. The man who does not reverence religion, the man who does not respect Christianity, the man who does not feel honor and reverence for the Bible, the Sabbath, and the Christian God, he is out of tune with American history. The man who goes about this country to blaspheme Christianity is the true, quote, little American, end quote. And the man who is in sympathy with American tradition in the past and with American enterprise in the future will be the man who gives religion a large place in his heart and his life. I'm going to go back and read this one line again, folks. The man who does not reverence religion the man who does not respect Christianity, the man who does not feel honor and reverence for the Bible, the Sabbath, and the Christian God, he is out of tune with American history. Notice that Fonts here was not saying that you had to be Christian. He was encouraging it, saying, you know, go wherever you want to go, worship however you want to worship, but see that you go. Have some kind of relationship with God. He's talking about the Christian God, God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so you don't we don't have to be Christian in order to be an American, but we can't have America be a strong republic that stands for freedom and liberty without a people that respects Christianity, the teachings of Christ. It's impossible. And, that, and that's why we are where we are today. And so we're going to read a few quotes, if I can get to it. Um, some of these I've read before. We're going to start with Woodrow Wilson. My phone has decided to do something wonky, and I'm not sure what, which makes makes it a little bit difficult to record <laughs> because I can't see the pictures of the quotations. I think it has to do with the light. We'll go down here and see. So y'all bear with me for a minute. I'll look at Woodrow Wilson. The Bible is the supreme source of revelation of the meaning of life, the nature of God, and the spiritual nature and needs of men. It is the only guide of life which really leads the spirit in the way of peace and salvation. America was born a Christian nation. America was born to exemplify that devotion to the elements of righteousness, which are derived from the revelation of Holy Scripture. Calvin Coolidge. 
The strength of our country is the strength of its religious convictions. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. I would argue that today we see proof that it's impossible to have our government and society survive without the teachings of the Bible, and we see that. Franklin, FDR, we cannot read the history of our rise and development as a nation without reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of the Republic. Where we have been truest and most consistent in obeying its precepts, we have attained the greatest measure of contentment and prosperity. And logically, folks, where we have been least true is, is where we've had the most pain. Harry Truman, the fundamental basis of this nation's laws was given to Moses on the Mount. The fundamental basis of our Bill of Rights comes from the teachings we get from Exodus, from St. Matthew, from Isaiah, and St. Paul. If we don't have a proper fundamental moral background, we will finally end up with a totalitarian government which does not believe in rights for anybody except the state, which is, again, what we see today, clearly. Benjamin Harrison, if you take out of your statutes, your constitution, your family life, all that is taken from the sacred book, what would there be left to bind society together? And this is a huge point that we're going to come back to in just a minute, folks. What do we have left to bind us together if we don't have those core values, if they're not nearly universal like President Coolidge talked about? How in the world can we hold this republic together? Really, how, how can we hold communities, states, families, marriages? How do they really get held together in America, specifically talking about in America, if we don't have that almost universal appreciation, respect, as Font said, honoring and reverence for the teachings of Jesus Christ in the Bible? And, of course, the answer is we can't. Carlos Romulo was a Philippine general renowned for his heroic activities during World War II. Uh, and this little comment he made goes along real well with Hosea 8.14 out of the Old Testament. For Israel has forgotten his maker and has built temples. Judah also has multiplied fortified cities. But I will send fire upon his cities, and it shall devour his palaces. Lincoln warned of this. We certainly have done it today. We have forgotten and rejected, even worse, God. Uh, and there's a price to be paid for that. Jefferson warned of that also, that God was a just God, and his justice wouldn't sleep forever. And, and Lincoln talked about us forgetting God and the vanity of our own hearts. So this statement here by Romulo, never forget, Americans, that yours is a spiritual country. Yes, I know you're a practical people. Like others, I've marveled at your factories, your skyscrapers, and your arsenals. But underlying everything else is the fact that America began as a God-loving, God-fearing, God-worshipping people. We go back to Truman for just a minute, in 1947, writing a letter to Pope Pius XII, this is a Christian nation. I don't feel like we can really make that statement anymore today, but the point is that we were born that way. That's the big deal. That's the, that's the fundamental divide today, folks. January 20th, 1949, in Truman's second inaugural address, 
we believe that all men are created equal because they are created in the image of God. This is such a valid point today, folks, especially when you talk about feminism, because the lie of the left is that what they what they're implicitly saying today and explicitly is men and women have to be the same. Well, what that translates to is women, if you're not exactly the same as men, then you're worthless. You have no value. If you can't be exactly like a man, then you don't have value, which is goes completely against God and the Bible and our founding principles. All men are created equal, as President Truman said here, and he's talking about mankind. Men and women are created equally. We have equal value because of God, nothing less and nothing more. But God created us with different weaknesses and different strengths to complement each other. Our differences together make us stronger in the union of a marriage as a country. But when we start to try and pretend that men and women are the same, we run into huge problems. Uh, and this goes, this, this comment, all men are created equal, of course, goes back to the Declaration of Independence. So a uh, pretty big deal there. Let's see how much time we have left, folks. How much more we can fit in. Oh, we're doing good. Doing great. Which talking for most of y'all. Uh, I want to go back just for a second and, and look at a couple of these quotes. I was trying to get through them quickly to make sure that I didn't run out of time. Uh, I think it's it's really important to note that FDR, right, uh, was on the left and, and Truman was too. Uh, but listen to these, this, this, this is part of these quotes again. We cannot, this is from FDR, we cannot read the history of our rise and development as a nation without reckoning, reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of the republic. Now, you can twist that a bunch of ways, and I'm sure there's some people here that would twist it and try and say he wasn't meaning that the Bible was foundational. But that's absolutely what he was talking about. He was talking about there's no way to look at the history of our nation and not see how pivotal, what a pillar the Bible and the teachings of Christ. And that goes back to Washington's quote that is so great that is it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. And then I think even more poignant is Truman. And I'm going to read the whole quote again. The foundational basis of this nation's laws was given to Moses on the Mount. The foundational basis, fundamental basis of our Bill of Rights comes from the teachings we get from Exodus and St. Matthew, from Isaiah and St. Paul. If we don't have a proper, proper fundamental moral background, we will finally end up with a totalitarian government who does not believe in rights for man, anybody except the state. The big deals there, folks, is he's explicitly saying that that our laws, our public laws, our public life are based on the law that Moses was given. The basis of our Bill of Rights we get out of the Bible, both the Old and the New Testament. That's huge. That's dramatically different than what we hear from the left today, what we hear from the talking heads and the people that are supposed to know. That's dramatically different than every decision that the Supreme Court has issued based on 1947 separation of church and state. Because President Truman is saying, which is absolutely true, and if you've listened to this podcast any length of time, you've started to get some tools to back this up, at least in your own head. Our country is founded on these teachings in the Bible, the teachings of Christ. 
and and you can't have it without it. We slip toward totalitarianism, which is exactly where we're headed, folks. So let me wrap this up. And uh, we're going to talk about, uh, I heard an example from one of the national talking heads recently. And they weren't necessarily agreeing with it, but I think it's a good analogy. It has some faults. We'll talk about that just briefly. And they asked the question, are we heading toward a national divorce? And it's tragic. It's extremely tragic, but it's really true in a sense. I know that many of us here today that that are listening to the podcast, we either have seen friends or family or lived through or grown up with a dysfunctional marriage where there's been either infidelity or violence or or one one spouse that is unequally yoked with another spouse and and I'm taking a phrase out of the new testament and that last one that may really be the best analogy uh, because in the New Testament, when it talks about a marriage between a believer and an unbeliever, that's when it's talking about being unequally yoked. It says that, you know, if, if the unbeliever is willing to stay in the marriage, then we, we have a responsibility to stay with them. But if they want to leave, that's their choice. They're, they can leave. And, and the problem is there's a world of difference between the left and right today in that, you know, if, if you want to reject personally in your life the fundamental teachings of Jesus Christ, that's your business. As we've talked about today, you can't force religion on anybody. You can't force faith on anybody or, or force someone to not have faith. But if you're going to reject those principles individually, you still have to, as an American citizen, accept them as a nation. And if you don't, here's the deal. In a marriage when when the spouse who has done completely wrong, when there's divorce there, you don't give the house to that spouse. Did not mean to rhyme there. You don't, they have no right to take the house over or, or to take part of it away. And it's really frustrating when you hear some of these people today promote secession like in the Civil War. That's we have no right to do that, folks. We have this fight coming. Seemingly, just every day gets closer. But the choice is for the people that reject the fundamental principles that are so evident throughout our entire history, like FDR said, so evident. You have the ability to leave. That's fine. Or you have the ability to stay and, and maintain your personal view But as a nation, understand that in order for America to be strong, we have to continue to hold to those foundational principles and are going to do so. And and so that's why we this this series has been called the irreconcilable divide, because you, you cannot have two halves of the marriage right live together when they're absolutely diametrically, if that's the right word, opposed fundamentally. And that's where we're at today. Uh, It doesn't mean that it doesn't. And and let me go ahead and get this out of the way before somebody says it. It doesn't mean that the people that hold to the foundational principles are perfect. They're not. I say this so often. There's one perfect man. His name was Jesus Christ. Other than that, no. 
But there's a huge difference between holding to the principles that are perfect and rejecting them. And that's where we're at today. And those two sides, folks, we can pretend all we want. We've been doing a real good job of pretending for decades now. But but at some point, a break is going to come. Somewhere or another, one side or the other is going to have to win out. So, all right, I've taken all the time I got. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. Thank you for so much for listening. Uh, add a few of these quotes to your tool bag or remember them if you already have them there. Uh, We'll talk again real soon. Looking forward to it, folks.